0: If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick! Stand on the line, Then game again, everybody!
1: Hello, 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 hello. Good day, good afternoon, good evening to our worldwide listeners. We don't know where you're listening from, but it's one of those. But we know where you're listening to. Where you're listening to. To you're Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. And uh, you're listening to Get Rich Quick with Josh. And Noel. Uh, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's been a... It's. Been uh, some good press for Radio Free Brooklyn recently. Yeah, actually, it sure has been. Uh, local station Pix WPIX. 11. That's right. I remember when I was a kid uh, in the seventies and eighties. Well, primarily in the eighties. So Pix used to be a strictly local station. All right. Um, and it would show all the cartoons in the afternoon. And uh, when video games started coming around in the eighties, home video games, and particularly Activision. Um. PIX started doing this thing where you would uh, mail in a card with your name on it and you'd get the chance and they would call you up during this thing and you would get the chance to play this video game that was playing on the television and someone else pushing the buttons but all you saw was the screen, the video screen. And it was uh, uh, like a shooting a spaceship game, right? And you would like, just
0: like on the phone be like left, right, left, right.
1: You would just scream. the The ships would come into the uh, into the the target area, uh-huh. and you would start screaming picks, 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 <laughs> picks, picks, <laughs> picks. And kids, you would hear kids fucking freaking out. Yeah. and just you know you felt bad for the kid who was there the intern (laughs) that's sitting there just pushing the button on the activision because i had that game that they that they used to do but it was a really popular thing i remember uh, at the time i don't think i was living up here because it was yeah early 80s late 70s early 80s and at the time i i I would be up here visiting and i would want want to get on it so badly but there was like a six week lag time from when you'd mail your thing in to when they they'd contact you and we yeah. didn't get it down in St. Thomas.
0: You know, uh, uh, in in Canada, growing up in the '70s, there was a, a kids show that was on that was called uh, the Uncle Bobby Show, and I don't know if this was a British show or just a British dude who lived in Canada, uh-huh. but uh, this guy just seemed like a like an old drunk guy, and he had uh, one thing on the show that was called Bimbo the Birthday Clown.
1: <laughs> and it would just be like, Bimbo, Bimbo, Bimbo
0: the Birthday Clown.
1: Kid shows were so fucked up back then. Yeah. There was, in, in, in St. Thomas, we only had, uh, we had very bad television down there till the advent of cable. Yeah. And this was the 70s, and we literally had, uh, for evening programming, we had a CBS affiliate, that would run from it would only be on weekdays from uh 5 p.m. to midnight uh-huh and then it would be off air except for Saturdays then they would have uh cartoons in the in the day and then they would shut off again at noon and then not start up till 5 p.m. again and uh and the way it would work was they would do uh, <laughs> they would do uh a half hour of local news mm-hmm then the uh, show, a soap opera. So the soap opera would be going on at 5.36 o'clock at night. Then they do prime time. And then they do the national evening news. Mm-hmm. So we had a CBS affiliate. We had a PBS line there. And we got everything a week later because it wasn't satellite feed. So they'd tape, like fly a tape Tape down? had to be shipped down <laughs> to St. Thomas. So all the shows that we would get, like we would, I would watch, I was religiously watching M.A.S.H., and the CBS shows, BJ and the Bear was another one. Oh, I love I that show. And uh, uh, I'd always get him a week behind. So when I'd come up to New York, I would be a week ahead of everyone. And I'd go back and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I saw that episode yeah. already. You know, when,
0: uh, BJ and the Bear, I had no idea when it came out that it was basically a takeoff of Every Which Way But Loose. And, w- and when I saw that <gasps> and I was like so insulted, like, you know what? The monkey in BJ and the Bear is so much... Cooler looking than the monkey in Every Which Way But Loose. I couldn't disagree with you more. Yeah, who wants
1: the, a monkey? Who wants like an orangutan? That orangutan that orangutan would flip people off and beat them up. That orangutan was the coolest thing ever. In Every Which Way But Loose? No, it wasn't orangutan. and uh, It was a chimp in BJ and the in BJ Bear. And the Bears, right. A chimp. I'm talking about in every which way but loose. Yeah. That that was the the coolest Oh, no, I disagree. Ever. I was sticking up for the BJ and the Bear. <laughs> I know you were, and I am disagreeing
0: this with you This is it guys. This might be 110%. our last show.
1: <laughs> I couldn't disagree with you more. <laughs> Those every which way you, but loose every yeah. which way you can. You not even know the name of it. <clears throat> there were there were three of them. There was a few. They were my favorite <laughs> movies in that period of time. Really? I loved those movies because uh, of that fucking monkey, because of that orangutan Clyde. I like chimps. Apparently. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It okay, It guys. Fine. Um, so in case you haven't guessed from our conversation, we've been talking a lot about our childhood. That's right. And uh, a good chunk of our childhood- probably the first 10 years for both of us, took place in what decade, Noel? In the 70s. That's right, and that is our topic today. That's right. Our topic is the 70s and how to get rich quick from the 70s. With the 70s, yeah. With the 70s, which some may say, but didn't people already get rich in the 70s? The 70s was 40-plus years ago. That's right. How are we going to get rich with them now? i got lots of ways. Well, there you go. I have a couple ways as well. Okay. Um, Noah, why don't you start us off? Boom. Right into it. 1970s. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So as uh, insinuated by Josh, when I think about the 70s, the first thing that comes into my mind is, of course, my childhood. Uh, I was born in 1970, so I was years zero through 10 in the 70s. and I think about a lot of, I you know I think that we were really lucky to have grown up at that point. Uh, I think the '70s was probably the best time for us to have been the ages we were. Uh, <laughs> I do. I, I well, you know. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, the the world. Do you know this? That since the '70s, since like actually since I I had heard this stat before, since '68, to and this was a couple years ago. I heard this. The population of the planet has doubled, so really? everything is just there's too many people. Every all the open space is taken up. Yep, all the, the all basically the freedom's gone. Yep, uh, you know, uh, I, I just think we're really lucky to have grown up at that point in time. I uh, maybe not think that if I was uh, a minority or uh, gay or anything like that, uh-huh. but uh, for for me, uh-huh. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> um, so. Uh, 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 My first couple things here really have to do with what I think has been lost with uh, childhood between when we were children in the 70s and Mm -hmm. now. Okay. Um, Okay?
1: So this is really good for if you are a uh, 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 white male. No, 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 no. This is good for everyone. Everybody, okay.
0: Yeah, it's just I don't know if everyone at the time was able to enjoy things the way we were. Well, Uh, actually, the things uh, I'm going to talk about, I think uh, in... North America, basically, were everyone.
1: Yeah, I think we were certainly uh, uh, just by a fact of the f- that we were uh, there were not as many people. Yeah, that we were a, a substantially less violent society. Oh yeah, sure. People. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that you know, I feel it in New York all the time—the the aggression and just from the mass of humanity mm-hmm. that's constantly around you, no matter what time of day it is—that uh, it it just you know. Not having any space can really get up on your under your skin.
0: Yep, and it has it if you mm-hmm. look around. So
1: uh, w- what do we do to make money
0: getting <clears throat> the, the best parts that are lost uh, from childhood back in there today, right? So you look at the news. What do you see? You see a family in Maryland twice has been in trouble with the law for letting their children 6 and 10 be in the park and walk home unsupervised. Uh, you see, a mother in Illinois was charged with neglect for letting her kids, 11, 9, and 5, play in the park across the street from her house. That's and, crazy. Yeah. And she was added to a child abuse registry for this. Uh, Where was that? This was in Illinois. Uh, there was a woman in Florida whose children were taken from the mother because an 11-year-old was playing by himself for
1: 90 minutes in their yard. In their, in their own yard. In their own yard. The kid spent an hour and a half in its own yard. In his own yard, 11 years old, <coughs>
0: uh, there was a Georgia mother arrested for letting her nine-year-old play in the park unsupervised. And if you look this stuff up, it goes on and on and on. People are crazy. When we were kids... We were never supervised. I could do... I, I, we could do anything. Yeah. It was just like, leave and come back 8 hours later.
1: Yeah, I was the equivalent of a latchkey kid for the most part. Yeah. You know what too. I mean? It was like just get out of my hair. Mm-hmm. My mother worked. Yeah. Um, you know, she had a there were I had a stepfather at different times, but he worked as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, they were just like go do whatever the fuck it is that you do and yeah. just, you know, get back here by this time and then if you weren't back by that time, then it was like an hour of anger yeah. followed by full-on terror. Okay. You know, I mean, <laughs> and then you shut up two hours later, and then there was sweet relief and then pure rage. Yeah. That was that was the cycle of it. And that seems reasonable. That's what parents are supposed to go through. Sure. Um. So, yeah, where I grew up uh, in London,
0: Ontario, there was right next to our, where our houses were a big field, big, mm-hmm. huge open field. We'd go and, like, pick strawberries and, like, Try and catch frogs. And then there was also, right next to us, a big woods. We'd go in there and, like, poke around and build tree houses and find dead squirrels. And you know what I mean? Like, uh, it was great. So, uh, and I think that kids now have really lost something by not having that. It's overly structured. They're overly coddled. Uh, I, I, I really think that that's losing something. So... What do we do? Where's the money in that, right? I'll tell you where it is, Josh. Okay. Uh, it is in... Uh, so if you have a lot of space, you can open up a free-range childcare center, uh-huh. Uh huh. which is you have... Uh, you got your house, maybe, but you also got a field. You got a wood. You got a dead squirrel in that woods. Right. A <laughs> uh, dead to one. Yeah, one dead squirrel. Uh-huh. Maybe a mall right there. There was also a <laughs> mall by my place, but I think we needed to say if we're going to the mall. Okay. But... Uh, but, yeah, so, and you just get this space, then they're technically not unsupervised, and right. you let them run amok as they will. Uh, if you want, you can hide a video camera here and there in the woods, uh-huh. in, the, in the field, and wherever, so you can kind of keep some tabs on them. But give these kids back a sense of freedom, a sense of, I've got to invent something to do for myself, to amuse myself, and learn about things. Isn't that called summer camp? Uh, no, th- that's pretty structured, too, I think.
1: I don't know. My summer camp had structure, but there was a lot of free time. It was too. in the 70s. It's probably now. Yeah, that's true. It was you know? in the 70s. Uh-huh. So uh, if
0: that's not your thing, you don't have the land, mm-hmm. or you as a parent are just too petrified of, of letting your child out into the scary, scary world. Uh, so you know games like... Uh, uh, grand theft auto i do and they're just basically a big open world mm-hmm. and you can go around and do anything you want yep so make an open world video game for kids <laughs> that's really just a field a forest uh-huh. maybe a dead squirrel met forest uh you know <clears throat> yeah and and let them just wander around
1: it, it, virtually I- uh yeah I feel like that's what Minecraft is, though. It in a way it is, right? Know. Minecraft has no real rules. Yeah, it has no point. Nope. Right. There's no point to it. the The idea is to just explore and 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 be a part of it. You know, I, it terrifies me though that there are kids that that's what they will do all day long. Yeah. You know, whether it be World of Warcraft, whether it be any of these games. I know a few people that like do the piss jar diapers sit and play for 14 straight hours and immerse themselves <laughs> in that world. I mean, w- one thing I'm just going to tag on to this whole thing which it, it boggles my mind that there are people who are being charged with stuff and th- which makes me assume that there are laws on the books <coughs> regarding how uh parents are supposed to watch after their kids. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just want to put out there, the whole stranger danger thing, Yeah, the idea that someone is going to come and snatch up your kid and take him away, a complete stranger, and you'll never see them again. Over 90%, I think oh, actually over 95% of all child molestation cases, all child kidnapping cases, mm-hmm. are done by people who know the kid. Oh, sure. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? People who know the family if they're not actually members of the family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So these these sort of weirdly uh, draconian laws telling you how you're supposed to take care of your child in you know by not letting them play across the street. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I was getting <sighs> furious when I read these things. Um,
0: okay, so the other thing I think that uh, is really a, to detriment now of uh, c- comparing a childhood that we had back in the 70s, mm-hmm. and children today, uh, is your online history, right? Everything you do now <coughs> is uh, logged. It is every mistake that you make or emotional flip out you make as you grow up and are trying to wrestle with how to be a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's it's available for people. It's searchable. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, you know, Backed up, and yep. it's never going anywhere. Nope. Uh, so these kids are don't even realize it, and they're they're building up a, a a set of strikes against them before they even know that there's such a thing as strikes against them. You know. <clears throat> and I looked online, uh, ironically enough, about <laughs> <laughs> about uh, how how to handle this. And I read this article that was just horrific to me, and it. I, I, I thought it was going to maybe be addressing these issues. Mm-hmm. It was telling parents how to help your child create a prod, a positive online brand of themselves. Already. Yeah. Um, it was telling the parents how to routinely scan the internet for online mentions of their child and basically snoop for anything that their kid's doing. Uh, it... Advised on how to do damage control when your child, you know, invariably, invariably is going to act inappropriately or anything that could be interpreted out of contact as inappropriate. It So it, it was just like doubling down the problem, in my opinion, and it, it just dis- disgusted me. <coughs> and I really was thinking, how, how can you handle this issue? Mm-hmm. And I came up with something great. Is it called private browsing? It is not <laughs> called private browsing. It is called <clears throat> baby's first fake ID. And what, the fuck what is it is is you, as a company, uh, you when someone's born, uh-huh. uh huh, you're given some money by the parents, mm-hmm. and you give this child a fake ID, a fake name, a fake everything, <clears throat> right? And then everything that child does online. Or is said about them
1: online, is said with this fake name. Oh, I see. So they, so basically, they they are getting an an online identity. Yes. That is not. That is fake. That is fake. Yeah. Right.
0: And uh, there's already a lot of companies out there that help manage online reputations and things like that, uh-huh. and they can help suppress bad things and feature good things. So uh, you, as a company, would kind of do that, but you would just make sure that. Everything's really going through these fake IDs. Okay. Um, And then when they turn 18, you as a company help the parents transition into their actual ID. Uh, If you want, everything from their childhood could just be deleted. Right. You can just abandon that ID. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want, you can handpick some things but leave other things to be forgotten uh, and and transition those things over to the child's actual name, uh, and that way this child can grow up without every thing they've ever done wrong being highlighted to them for the rest of their life. Right, every stupid thing they've ever said, every stupid thing they've done, the time they went out into the yard of the school and were showing people their penis, and you know what I mean, or, or whatever it is. Uh, it can be forgotten, the but way now, that
1: those things were able to be forgotten for us. Right. And Or, you know, remembered but only by a few people. Sure. Right? Yeah. So, it, you know, maybe we don't have good relationships with those people at all, which is fine. People hate you. People like you. Things happen. But, you know, I, I, it works for me. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think deals will have to be made, though, with major sites like Twitter like Facebook, which is where a lot of these stupid mistakes happen, yeah, and where you would need these because you know Facebook has all these, you know, you need to use your real identity laws to protect people against uh, trolls. Yeah, well, uh, one thing I did think of uh, that
0: would be very handy in this is a browser plugin, and so you make sure that all your computers have this plugin that will not allow
1: the kid to put their own name in. Gotcha. So there's no way there's no way that that when they fill out these forms and, and, and get online that, uh, yeah, they can't <coughs> sneak behind your back and sign up for something with their own name. Right. But then the question becomes. Uh, well, I guess if you're looking at like amongst their friends, amongst the people that they're friends with on the Facebook huh. It's the equivalent of them saying stupid shit or doing something stupid in front of them, but then when they're 30 years old and somebody's doing a quick search on them for a job application, Mm -hmm. uh, it's not coming up that Exactly. They can just walk away from that name at some point and start
0: life with their real name. I think that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, I think think it actually is. Uh, I first thought it up as a joke just because I like the name Baby's First Fake ID. Uh-huh. And then the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, no, they really need to do this. So, you know, you
1: guys grab that idea. Someone can do it. Somebody, Someone thinks please. it's a great idea. I, I really do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in doing so, uh, when you make your wealth, you will tithe us 10%. 10%. There's, there's billions in this idea for you. That's right. There is billions. It's something to do with the online world. Yeah. It so immediately so. puts your valuation at about a billion dollars. Boom, you're a startup. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, I have some some thoughts about the 70s. Oh really? Yeah, huh, I that's do. Great cuz that's do. a topic. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how that works. Um so one one that I had uh uh and and I was thinking about this, you know, my mother uh was one of those people in the 70s that did uh every fad diet that came around. Yep. Um, I don't know if I've even mentioned it there was a point in her life where where when she was 13 years old she was hooked on speed yeah you know you've yeah, mentioned I that have before. mentioned that yeah. okay um but anyway so that's been a part of her life and the 70s uh, I, I I'm pretty sure it was the uh beginning ground zero decade of the fad diet mm-hmm. like we have them all now whatever they may be at a given time and they're all variations on the same thing but but you know, the seventies were, were all of them. And at one point my mother was on uh this crazy new company that was called Weight Watchers. Okay. Um, and Weight Watchers used to do this thing where th- and it was a very common thing in all women's magazines. I don't know if it is anymore. Um, but but there would be recipe cards in magazines. And they were like collectible yeah. cards. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. There would be a photo, which was usually really terrible. Uh, of the finished dish on the front and then the recipe on the back, right? And I was thinking about this because I ran across a a website called candyboots.com where this woman had stumbled across a pack of Weight Watchers recipe cards from 1974 and there were some... And these were all diet dishes, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what... You kind of have to remember is diet back then was kind of a different thing. It was uh, the idea was still cottage cheese, gelatins, things like that were all healthy for you. Mm -hmm. What they I wasn't quite uh, still don't fully understand what it was that they were thinking was healthy about any of it. But I thought to myself. We have all these restaurants now that specialize in different types of food, right? Um, Why isn't anyone doing a full on throwback restaurant? for 70s diet food. okay, Right? And the beauty of it is, there's, I, th- I think there's a few ways you can do this. Look, you can just have a set menu where the menu is the recipe cards, right? And you can just browse through the recipe cards and be like, I would love to have the cabbage casserole Zarina. <laughs> or I would love to have the uh, uh, tomato aspic salad. um, Any of those things. Or... What I thought might be even better and really harken back to the time a little more was every day it's a set menu, right, and it's everyone has the exact same thing. It's the same three or four items on the menu, but it changes every day, uh-huh. right? Or maybe it lasts a week, so everyone gets the opportunity to uh, go in there and and mange. Um, but you know, you do the recipe exactly. As it's shown on the card. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, and then uh people come in and they eat this deliciousness. They can have delicious things like hot wrap ups where it's uh pickles, capers, lime, parsley, celery, and chives all wrapped up in lettuce. Okay. You know, uh, and it's gotta be That sounds iceberg. all right, actually. It sounds that's iceberg lettuce. Oh yeah, because that's all there was. There was uh, uh nothing else. There was um, romaine. Uh, yeah, the heart, sure, but as I recall, everything was 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 uh, yeah, was iceberg. Every Basically. lettuce that I, every salad I ever had as a kid, it was iceberg lettuce. Every every lettuce on a sandwich was iceberg lettuce. Uh, fluffy mackerel pudding, um, which is a a a, a mackerel souffle with a half a hard boiled egg on top. Uh huh. Um, you know, these are all delicious and nutritious because they're diet food. Fish balls. Uh, mackerel was apparently considered a super, super healthy fish. Okay. Uh, I don't know why, maybe because of the oils in it. But yeah, so there you go. Uh, 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 a Weight Watchers diet card menu. Okay. And, and you could have TV dinners for the kids. Yeah, in, in absolutely. Those absolutely. Tin containers. Yep. You can do all that. You can also expand the notion. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be all Weight Watchers stuff. Mm-hmm. You can then have another restaurant for those that aren't looking to watch their weight, for those that are more robust. Of a variety of different uh, uh, meal card menus. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that was one of them. And that's a good way to bring back the 70s um, and also make people healthy. And make money. And make Come money. Come on, we're
0: not in this for the health. That's true. We're that's not true. in this for nostalgia. We're not in it for health. We're in it for the greenbacks. Uh, so, great. 70s. Uh, uh, highly underrated decade oh completely uh but you know there's only so much that we want to talk about the 70s without taking a little break <laughs> without talking about gotta take a disco break we gotta take a disco break uh-huh. exactly yeah. uh and and give you guys another way not having to do with the 70s where you can make just obscene amounts of money
1: crazy yeah
0: obscene amounts of In today's standards, not 1970 standards. Uh, And, uh, you know, you come back later and you can listen to the rest of the show and make more money. But if you only have a few minutes, if you are, you know, poking a dead squirrel with a stick, if you are uh, a mother in police processing because you let your child... (laughs) Go to the corner store and buy a smokes like uh, I used to do for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone
1: did that back then. Yeah. Everyone would go to the store and pick up cigarettes for their parents. Yeah. God uh, damn it. Or,
0: or or whatever it is that you might be doing, uh, you know, waiting for your aspect to gel. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, listen to this, make some money, come back later, listen to the rest of the show. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away.
1: The get rich quick. Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. I binge watched Fargo, uh, which I love. That's kind of how I love to watch television.
0: And it's how you love to watch shows, too, according to a TiVo survey. Now, can you imagine actually getting paid to binge? They always say, find someone to pay you what you love
1: to do. Greg Hardy has that dream job. He's been a professional tagger for seven years. Here's how Netflix advertised the gig in the UK. Taggers are the bright sparks
0: who help us make your Netflix personal. Their analytical minds pick up on the most subtle details.
1: So we'll track everything from where the movie takes place, how much action
0: is in it, how much comedy, how much romance, how much gore, how much violence, how much sex, how much nudity. Your Netflix is tailored just for you. It's personal. We know what you say you like and what you actually like. The company employs about 40 taggers. Greg's salary is under wraps. He works 20 hours a week.
1: One report put the number at several hundred dollars a week. I literally can't complain because people won't listen to it. So Netflix, uh, all those things where, where it you get your suggestions, mm-hmm. that algorithm is basically based upon input, from uh, or the tags on it that the algorithm then connects to you, yes, are input by actual human beings who spend they're part time employees of Netflix. There's about forty of them worldwide, and they get paid several hundred dollars, from what I understand. It's under, but it's it's under a thousand, but it's I believe more than five hundred dollars yep. to work anywhere from ten to twenty hours a week, which is pretty good money for ten to twenty hours a week. Of sitting and watching television all day, and then just clicking on buttons that say you know like violence or super sexy or whatever the tags are yep. to connect it to you, um, that's a great gig. That is that's good. It's and, good starter money. It's yeah. not it's not uh, retire money, but this is the money. So sometimes with our ideas, yeah, you uh, uh, quick is a relative thought. You know what I mean? Some mm-hmm. people quick, you know, to make billions, if you can make billions in five years, that's pretty quick Yeah. to make billions of dollars. Sure. So, But while you're getting your seed money together, while you're getting your uh, uh, act together, you're putting your business plan together, and mm-hmm. all of those things that we never really recommend that you do, um, you need to have some money coming in to pay your bills, right? Yeah. And, and you don't want to have a 40-hour-a-week job, so... Get a 10 to 20 hour week job yep. where you're making your nut. You know what I mean? And that gives you all that time to work on our ideas so we can get rich off of your hard work. That's right. I like it. Uh, you know, yeah. I have another mini little unrelated
0: tip I want to throw out there. Okay. I, uh, so uh, last night I was at the Bernie Sanders rally <laughs> in Washington Square Park. Oh, uh, This Bernie. is pre-recorded about a week and a half earlier, right? Uh-huh. Um, and... I was stuck in this crowd for a long time, mm-hmm. and I am a dirty, rotten smoker. You are, and I wanted to have a smoke at one point, and I just knew I could not pull out a cigarette in this crowd. I would just be nowadays, you know, ostracized. You would. Uh, so for Bernie Sanders rallies, for uh-huh. concerts, for just in the park, for whatever you want. Someone needs to make cigarettes that smell like pot. Because there were people smoking <laughs> joints, and all anyone would be is like, oh, it smells like someone's having fun around here. You know, but if I had pulled a cigarette out, I would have been tossed out of my ear. Someone needs to make pot smelling cigarettes, guys. Uh, do you do you ever do the uh pens, the 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 e cigs? Um I have one and I basically just take it with me uh if I know I'm gonna be somewhere for 10 hours and I can't, you know. Does it work for you? Do you get the do you get the buzz from it or is it, it is it, a cigarette way better? It, it, yeah, I prefer the cigarettes, but honestly, it does
1: take away the the edge. Right. You know. Yeah. Do you do you, see when I smoked, it was it was everything about the smoking that I loved, yeah. right? It was the lighting of the cigarette, right? That first like click of the lighter that and then, then the first crackle of the inhale, right? And then feeling the smoke going in the lungs. You know what I mean? Like, I fucking loved yeah. that. I used to work out, and the best cigarette ever was after doing like an eight or nine mile run, and then going out and having a smoke. <laughs> it was incredible, right? Because your lungs feel so pink and clean and yeah. open. And then filling them up with that smoke, you just had such lung capacity. Um the nicotine was never like the big thing for me, i and maybe it was, and I just wasn't aware of it, but I just loved everything about smoking like yeah. when I smoked, I was a smoker, yeah, um is that what it is for you? Or is it really just about the getting the edge off like the... well,
0: you know, I actually do enjoy having a cigarette, but uh I'll tell you what if it weren't for the nicotine, I probably wouldn't go back quite so often,
1: huh you well, know, yeah, uh that keeps you dipping in there that's true um seventies, so, seventies, so i, I okay. So, this is something I think about a lot. Oh boy! Okay, <laughs> it's gonna be gross. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. It's something Noah. to do with
0: that horrible orangutan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about the orangutan that way. Uh, did you hear about uh, that's another, I won't that'll take us on okay. a tangent? All right, um, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I don't know about you, but everyone who was raised in New York uh, of my generation certainly. Before everyone decided they were going to be the next Donald Trump. Uh And uh, uh, everyone now knows the value of real estate in New York City. But in New York City, in the 70s in particular, uh, the city was a disaster. All right. Okay. Uh, The city was on the verge of bankruptcy, Mm -hmm. Uh, blackouts, garbage strikes, uh, riots, uh, looting, uh, crime was at an all time high. Uh, You know, you didn't ride the subways at night uh it was just bad news it was it was crazy bad news and people were leaving the city in droves mm-hmm. leaving the city in droves uh so the idea that property would have any value in new york city uh particularly in some of the more uh hip areas
0: oh sure yeah uh, like williamsburg, williamsburg and yeah.
1: bushwick yeah and, uh, you know, uh, Long Island City oh, yeah. and places like that, no one in a million years would have thought that that was happening. And no one wanted to be a landlord. Like who wanted to be a landlord, mm-hmm. right? Uh, every place was rent stabilized or rent controlled. Um, tenants were a headache. Uh, it wasn't about large development companies. It was all small owners had maybe one or two buildings. They all had real jobs and then had to deal with their their buildings as well A lot of them were their own supers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so growing up in the 80s and 90s, uh, constant stories of the opportunity to own this building or that building or this thing for no money whatsoever. You know, Mm -hmm. the house we're in right now, this basement that we're in right now, my father had the opportunity to buy this house for $60,000 in 1984. Wow. Okay? And he turned it down. Why? Because he was like, I got to get a mortgage. I got to fix it up. Right now I'm paying... Six hundred dollars a month. Why yeah. would I want to make? Why would I want to m- spend more money for this piece of shit place? Yeah.
0: Well, and and honestly, if you guys
1: <clears throat> actually own this place,
0: you would probably pay more in tax than you
1: pay in rent. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Of course we would. Yeah. Of course we would. But but that being said, you know, at that time, it, the average for New York City real estate square foot for sale for purchase was45 dollars a square foot and that's the average. that includes the the best neighborhoods which at that time were like you know uh, 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 Park Park Avenue, mm-hmm. Central Park West. Mm-hmm. you know the areas that have always been even in the worst of times were always the upper crust upper sure. class most expensive. and then the worst neighborhoods, right? So that's the average. So I would imagine back in the 70s if you wanted to buy a building in Bushwick or in Williamsburg, uh, you were spending maybe $15 a square foot, if yeah, not less. sure. Right, which translate now, $45 translates into today's dollars with inflation, about $283 a square foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, or actually as of 2014, okay. uh, <clears throat> the average in all of New York City is $1,070 a square foot to purchase yeah the rents the difference in rents were uh it was 383 dollars was the average in 1970s and it's 3050 dollars is the average wow in 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 the 2010s (coughs) so i heard these stories and i often uh, uh after hearing of all these opportunities that used to be in new york to buy to own to have this thing or that thing if I only knew so many if I only knew if I Mm -hmm. only knew Um, I always decried the fact and still decry the fact that my father did nothing to get me completely set up so I didn't have to work a day in my life (laughs) and so I've often thought how much I would love to have gone back in time and initially the idea was i'll go back in time and i'll buy up all this property sure right at you know no dollars Right. I'll go back with a pocket full of cash and just, boom, give me that and then disappear. But I was like, well, if you disappear, then everything goes to shit. Who's taking care of your properties? Liens go on them. Uh No one's paying the bills, all this other kind of stuff. Because, you know, in that period that I'm I'm a kid, right, I'm growing up, I'm not doing this stuff. I don't know that I've done this. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I can't talk to myself because that puts a rift in the time space continuum and all that kind of stuff. Just disaster stuff. Right. Yeah. So then it struck me, well, why wouldn't I go back in time as a 46-year-old man and go to one of the bars my father owned or worked at Mm -hmm. and sit down, say, Sam Rubin, it's me, Josh, your son, uh, from the future. And I'm telling you right now, all of these opportunities you had to buy homes in the Hamptons for no money, to buy buildings in the West Village for no money. Uh Uh-huh to buy property in Hoboken or Brooklyn for no money, buy them. Yeah. Buy them, buy them, buy them. And would you give them some money? <clears throat> I would. Okay. I would. Because, you know, I could probably scrounge together a few grand, which would be more than enough to put as a down payment on a few buildings Yeah. back then. You know, the problem is, of course, you have to make sure you get the right bills, right? You can't use any of these new bills that they're throwing around today uh, back in the 70s. Point. They don't have that money, good right? Point. So you got to find someone who's selling 70s bills, You know, pre-76, 74 really, right? Um, And then, you know, I always thought this was a pipe dream, right? Because how am I going to travel back in time? Not going to happen. I said, "Ah, you know, the internet is an amazing thing. (laughs) (coughs) It introduces you to people, places, and things that you never thought existed, never Mm -hmm. heard about, never knew about. And so I just did time travel, time machine for sale. All right. And sure enough, I found a gentleman named Stephen Gibbs from uh, Kansas who uh, has created a time travel machine called a hyper-dimensional resonator. Okay. Also known as an HDR. Okay. Stephen got this technology when his future self came back in time and uh, told him about time travel. Yeah. And gave him schematics. Okay, so we, uh, I guess you can
0: mess with the space-time continuum.
1: Apparently, uh, based on what he's saying, right? I, I, this was all stuff, you know. Again, I had only known about space-time continuum and sure. butterfly effect and all that stuff from Back to the Future. From, right, exactly. <laughs> you got it. Back to the Future, and so any we all number about of quantum physics. Exactly, any <laughs> number of science fiction uh, uh, magazines, comic books, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you just take it as gospel, right? You don't want to see yourself. No. You don't want to say hi. to yourself. But then, you know, look what who? If I went back as a forty-six-year-old man to my ten-year-old self mm-hmm. and said. You got to tell your father to buy property.
0: Yeah. It's if, not going to go anywhere. Right.
1: My, my father didn't listen to me when I was 10 years old. He didn't take any, any business advice from me when I was 10 years old. Yeah. Dad, buy Apple. What the fuck? What's Apple? Yeah. That's what he would have said to me. Um, so <clears throat> he was given this uh, 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 technology from his future self. And he has actually uh, worked over time, because this happened back in, I think, 86. Mm-hmm. So we're many years from then. And and uh, he has, over time, uh, made tweaks to it, made it better, made it stronger. Originally, it was uh, just for astral... Okay, projection. so you could just see the future. You or the could past. see the future. You could, right. You could see the future of the past. You would uh, essentially be there, but you wouldn't physically be there. Sure. Your astral self would project to that that time. But if you find, he found out what he realized was if you take the hyperdimensional resonator, which he built entirely from stuff that he got at a Radio Shack. Okay. Um, If you take the uh, uh, hyperdimensional resonator, the HDR, to areas of great energy, so think where all the new wave, new age people like to go to, like Sedona, Arizona, places Mm -hmm. like that, and you use the hyperdimensional resonator, you can actually physically travel. Back in time. Boom. Um, <clears throat> he makes these and he sells them. Yeah. You can find, if you're interested in buying one. Yeah, how much one of these babies cost? Uh, $360. Boom, got it. Um, you can call him up. You can just do a search for him and his phone number will pop up. And you can call him directly and you can purchase an HDR from him mm-hmm. along with a series of instructions. If you are if you feel skeptical about this and you want to do more reading before you invest the $360 from him, there are several books that have been written. Uh, by a woman named uh, Patricia Ress. Mm-hmm. Um, she's written like two or three books. So she she writes about the occult uh, and things of that nature. But you can follow up on this and do this. So basically, th- this is what I'm saying. You, you get your HDR. Mm-hmm. $360 is not a big investment. No. Apparently, it takes some time to get used to it. You have to acclimate your body to it. It doesn't. You don't just... Travel like sure. that, You know? Um and uh then you uh find yourself a place of power mm-hmm. and you sit there and you travel back in time and you do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and, and what I would do would be go back and tell my father to buy property in New York city, Yeah, which I, I think would just be the biggest thing ever. And then he could sell it off. Even if he sold it all off in the eighties or nineties, rich as a pig, I mean, rich as a pig, sure. just ridiculous Disgusting. amounts of money. Yeah. Um, and we could all do that wherever it is. It doesn't just because I'm talking about property, right? The seventies was a boom time for a lot of things. Yeah. You know, you could go back and buy, uh, uh, invest in Pet Rocks when no sure one was investing could, yeah. in Pet Rocks. Uh, that was a, a $35 million fad. Mm-hmm. Um, roller discos and just know when to get out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whatever whatever the fad that you may have enjoyed at the time and just get that money. Yeah. Get that money. Get that money. I like it. Thanks. That's great. Yeah. You know, uh, I've got something that, although I don't
0: deal with time travel, <clears throat> uh, really touches a lot on that. I, I, I want to <laughs> say one thing about this guy, though, that you're talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, is he very into, like, symbolism and stuff like that?
1: N- there's nothing... So this is the thing. He... I find a lot of stuff by people who use the HDR machine. Yeah. Nothing from him specifically. Okay. He's apparently a very religious guy. Uh, part of the whole thing with the time travel, and uh, especially initially when it was uh, uh, geared more towards astral projection, it put you more in touch with the... with. uh What he referred to as the Jesus consciousness, okay, right, the uh, being up high with the with with the man, but uh, he doesn't seem to have any sort of uh, yeah symbolism. Doesn't seem to be all right because I was just impressed by the fact that it costs three hundred sixty dollars, which is a perfect
0: circle, three hundred sixty degrees. Oh, look at that! Oh, maybe it is. Uh, So I I was just wondering about that. Maybe he does. Uh, So uh, no symbolism in my in my. Scheme that I'm about to pitch uh-huh. for you folks out there. um But in a, a lot of the same ways, we're talking about the same thing, right? So, you know, there are certain things that came up in the 70s that went bananas and uh just right from the, out of the gate, right? So, computers. Yeah. In 1970, in the world, there were 10,000 computers. In 1971, the microprocessor was invented, and by the end of the '70s, Apple alone was shipping more than ten thousand computers a month. So they were shipping just this <coughs> one company shipping more computers than used to be in the whole world every month. My first computer was a Texas Instruments keyboard uh-huh. with a tape deck. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> so, and and you can look, and there's lots of things that started in the '70s that just took off, right? There's some things that got left uh, that uh, were in the 70s that were very big that got dropped and then came back, right? Mm -hmm. So, this, although not invented in the 70s, was huge uh, turntables and records. Yeah. They were massive. And Mm -hmm. because of other technologies, CDs, DVDs, and all this other crap that's come and gone, uh, uh, the turntable went the way of the dodo. But now they're on a massive resurgence again. People are buying turntables and records. It's the fastest growing portion of the music industry. Why didn't that happen with the 8-track? Because the reason that they were dropped is they were bad quality. So says you. Uh, So says everything I read. (laughs) I was going to try and weasel them in here. I wasn't Uh able to. Um, And so now you've also got, you know, there was not very long ago at all, there was a real... Resurgence in there's always been for some reason a resurgence in 80s nostalgia in in media. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been recently with like Mad Men and all that stuff, really right. big uh, 60s resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, and now uh, you can see it about to pop with shows like Vinyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's been some other things about, particularly about the music scene. Yeah, uh, there are shows about the 70. And 70s nostalgia
1: is going to hit fever pitch soon. We are on the cutting edge with this episode. Yeah, well, because the boomers, man. The boomers are all at that point where they're in their 60s and 70s. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're ready to uh, their last gas. They got to show these kids about what was going down during their heyday. That's right. They were swapping keys. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, (laughs) if if you look around now in New York City... uh, our real estate is in a pitiful state, as just discussed. Uh, they're debuting micro-apartments, which are tiny apartments, smaller than what uh, has been traditionally legally allowed to rent an a, a apartment for. Uh, and this is Bloomberg was championing this. Uh, and now our current mayor is also taken the, the micro-apartments and soon... Unless you're mega rich, you are going to be in a
1: maybe 300 square foot apartment. Are you going to have a bathroom in it, or is it going to be like an SRO where you share bathroom? No, you'll have a you have a bathroom. Wow! Right, uh, but they're tiny.
0: Uh, so, and these things that we're all going to end up living in are just—they're almost like a little cage for a dog. They are uh, like a little cave, a little hovel mm-hmm. for you to be in, uh, and with mix that with the about to boom 70s nostalgia and 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 you got to look back into the 70s and think what's the next thing that's going to get huge that we've abandoned from the 70s
1: and I'll tell you what that is hit me oh you the anticipation it's got, I'm tingling carpeting shag wall to wall yeah shag
0: Whatever you want, you put it on the walls. Even if you want, mm-hmm. if you're in this tiny, tiny little apartment, uh, you, you you cover <laughs> it in soft, soft carpeting. Yeah, and it it, be, it becomes not a little jail cell; it becomes a hug. Yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I'm I mean. With you. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so. There's going to be a lot of money in this upcoming boom of carpeting. Beanbag chairs. Uh, well, well, we'll stick to carpeting right now because that's my point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to have... Uh, someone's going to need to sell it. Someone's going to need to install it. And more than anything, uh-huh. as I reflect to my childhood home uh-huh. where we had a carpeted kitchen. <laughs> no, and, you did not yes, have had, a, carpeted a carpeted kitchen. We a carpeted kitchen and a carpeted bathroom. Where me as a seven year old probably missed as much as I hit. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to clean these things, right? Yeah. Uh, so th- there's money in all of this. I just took one little look about. You know how they've got those uh, robot vacuums? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. 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 So I looked up robot carpet shampooers. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The iRobot company that sells the whatever the the big vacuum one is yep. that everyone has and there's a few other companies that are big with the vacuums. They sell things that mop. They sell things that vacuum. Mm-hmm. They don't sell things that, that uh, steam clean or shampoo your carpets. Yep, yep. But, but you can buy them on Alibaba as we have gone through Alibaba can before. You, can you, can you can really? Buy robot carpet shampooers, which I encourage everyone buy in bulk, get these things because uh. by next season of vinyl. People are going to (laughs) be carpeting their little hovels, uh, carpeting the walls for soundproofing. Uh We're going to live in our own juices if we don't find a way to clean these things up because let me tell you, our carpeted, kitchen and bathroom I, I think back to that now and i it,
1: the whole concept of car- carpeting kind of repulses me when i think about it <laughs> It repulses everyone yeah it looks great for the first week yeah and then when you realize the amount of filth that's in oh, there so it's much disgusting filth. <laughs> yeah um the idea i've i've seen the carpeted uh i i've, I've been in homes that had the carpeted uh Wall to wall bathrooms uh-huh. with even the carpeted toilet cozies. Oh. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the seat and the top of the seat had uh, were sort of shag carpeting. The idea of a carpeted kitchen, yeah. is fucking insane. We had to it. Me. at one point. Then we took it out and put in
0: some like tiles. But
1: yeah, I, I can't even imagine. It was how everything disgusting was disgusting. That was the amount of <laughs> grease that was in that. Walking around barefoot in that shit. Oh God. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so clean those carpets guy. you know
0: everything <clears throat> in the 70s was so brown and warm and soft yeah like a, like a poop it, <clears throat> it was uh you know like earth tone colors
1: easy on the eyes yep. velour <laughs> do
0: you remember velour i do i, I wore velour, velour. Oh, i love it i had
1: tons of velour my mother in saint thomas had a uh unisex because that's what they called them at the time unisex boutique uh-huh uh uh, and she had tons of velour. Ugh. I had so many velour sweatshirts, and dude, uh, you would rock a velour sweatshirt. I would currently rock a velour. You sweatshirt, sure would, man. Except now, I would look like I was I was uh, an extra out of uh, 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 some gangster movie. Sure, um, that's the difference between then and now. Then I was just a, a, a little kid wearing a velour sweatshirt. Dude, do it. Um, we had just to sort of. Tag off on this carpet thing. Uh-huh. When my mom moved back up to New York, and she and my stepfather moved to upstate New York, he bought a van, and it was uh, the van. Uh, he changed everything in that van except one thing. Uh-huh. That van's interior was floor to ceiling shag carpet. Sure, and he probably chain smoked in that <laughs> thing too. <laughs> no, he did. did he smoke? Yeah, he did smoke. Yeah, and we went. We did a cross Canada trip mm-hmm. in that van with just a mattress in the back and just ourselves and oh, that's that, that great. was in like 1982 All
0: right, we're not talking about that in no, the 70s. No, I know.
1: But even then, <laughs> even no. in 82, yeah, yeah. we drove down the road and we just opened the side of the van and just hung out. Yeah. With the side of the van open. That, that's great. I love it. Yeah, it was great. Um okay, so
0: we got to get uh move on here. Uh we do. so we've made oodles of money in Tons. in, in, in modern day money we've made. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh and you know, we've got it spilling out your pockets. You got it all over the place. What are you gonna do with it? You gotta you gotta do something with that money. If you haven't made that money, it's because you're lazy and you're sitting on your beanbag and you're just waiting for some inspiration to get up. Well, guess what? We're giving it to you right now. So brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn, take it away, Mr. Josh. Yeah! To celebrate the teddy bear's 125th birthday, there were 41 of these limited-edition toys made. One was sold at auction for almost $200,000. This stuffed bear has a golden mouth and eyes made of sapphire.
1: Eyes made of sapphire and a golden mouth. That sounds like a rock and roll song from the 70s. Yeah, it sounds like a girlfriend. Yeah, (laughs) hello. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, there you go. You can buy your golden mouth teddy bear. Yeah. Uh, With all the money you're making from the 70s, which, uh, you know. It's going to be oodles. Oodles and oodles. Yeah. Uh, So uh,
0: you know who doesn't have oodles and oodles, and that is our mothership, Mm. Radio Free Brooklyn. They are advertising free. They are listener supported. Uh, So if you like this show, if you like other shows, if you just like shows in general, uh, take a look. They've got a Patreon page, Patreon slash Radio Free Brooklyn, and you can... You know, donate a one-time donation.
1: You can do a recurring donation. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can give a buck a month for 12
0: months. 12 bucks. Yeah.
1: And also for our Radio Free Brooklyn listeners out there, uh, there's going to be a schedule change with Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. Yeah, this may actually already be in Um, I'm not sure. Okay, but just in case it's not, because we haven't gotten the full deets on when season three is officially starting. Yeah, or haven't read them enough to have remembered them. (laughs) Um, But uh, we are moving to 8 p.m. on Saturday nights. That's right. And uh, I don't believe we're going to have a rebroadcast. We are having a rebroadcast. It's something like 12 hours later, though. Okay, all right. So And it'll be 8 a.m. on on Sunday morning. Yeah, something
0: like that. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and take a look at the schedule right. and see where we are landing in your ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to reach out and ask us
1: personally, you can tweet us at GRQ Josh Knoll. You can email us at GRQ with Josh and Knoll at gmail.com. Or you can Facebook us at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Knoll. If you
0: also want to reach us to give us ideas for the show give us tips to judge our schemes by or just to give us money
1: Mm. uh, you can do that there as well yeah you need to reach out to us to pay us uh i have a lot of issues we've already talked about a little bit off off mic about people who i think owe us money (laughs) but um we'll get into that another time they're they're about to settle up (laughs) yeah okay Uh, so uh
0: you know our ideas are fantastic you're gonna make money off them but uh how do you know that they're good well i'll tell you how we scour the internet for rules of getting rich quick that others out there who are qualified have put so uh josh who are we judging our schemes by this week
1: uh today's schemes are 10 rules for succeeding in your own business uh by successinc.com okay sounds good um we're just going to do a few here so uh Number one, be true to yourself. Yeah, I that's mean,
0: like free to be you and me from the yep, 70s. Exactly. Love point. it.
1: Uh, number two, find a need and fill it. Yeah, uh, That's yeah. what a key party was all about. That's right. <laughs> um, and uh, number three, choose products or services that you can sell for a lot more than it costs you to make or buy them. I think if we travel back in time... Sure thing. ...we can load up on all this cheap, quality goods, bring them back, and sell them for tons more money than you we spent. You got it. So once again... Everything is uh, on the money, um, and as always, we are exactly where we should be, which is a hundred percent. You're gonna get rich. That's right. From everything we do. Uh huh. Um, so once again, for Josh and Noel, don't spend all that knowledge one place. <laughs>